0: You're listening to the Roll for Crit podcast, the weekly podcast in which we discuss board games, tabletop games, news, games we've been playing, Kickstarter highlights, and so much more. Thank you for joining us for only our third official episode of this new podcast. I'm excited to get into some discussion. My name is Jonathan.
1: I'm Will, and I am excited. Let's start off as we do so far with all the podcasts. There are only three, as you said, with (laughs) our roll to see if we pass the skill check. Of recording a podcast,
0: yeah. Now, now, can you just do me a favor and get uh, something with two digits in it? That's all I ask.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, about that. What's yeah? What'd you roll? I got a one. Oh come on!
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to pass a test in any episode so far. Not We're- only
1: that, I was cheating for this one because I used a magic spin down die, which is weighted towards the heavier side. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> Even sadder. Uh, you know,
0: it's called Roll 4 Crit. That doesn't mean we're going to get one. That's, that's the goal.
1: Critical miss is a crit. It's just the worst kind.
0: Anyway, uh, hopefully that uh, doesn't uh, mean anything too bad for today's podcast. It's really good. We have an exciting guest joining us today uh, from the board game industry, a game designer, designer of Aegis or Aegis depending on how you want to say it the uh, robot fighting strategy game from Zephyr workshop. We're talking to Breeze Grigas. Breeze, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm sure this will be, this will be an experience given the not one and all. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just, I'm pretty
1: sure because it happened right after Jonathan asked for double digits. So it's strictly being like, nope.
0: <laughs> I just thought I would I would give it a shot, but uh, yes, it, we're we're glad that you're here with us. There's some really interesting uh, news stories and games that I want to talk about, and oh, oh boy, do I have a fun game for for you guys towards the end of the show. Uh, but uh, if you don't if you don't know Aegis, <laughs> go go look that up as well. Don't worry, we'll give you time to plug it at the end. Don't don't get too excited. Be, there will be you will get your chance. All right. Let's talk about board game news from the past week. In our first segment, here it comes. <laughs> news <laughs> roundup. <laughs> now, last week Stephen Bonacore, our guest, was not a fan of that bumper. <laughs> I was going to say did you guys practice that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there I mean many iterations were worked on. This was the there was a lot of audience feedback testing groups that's the one we landed on at any rate we're talking about news okay so first up uh anyone out there may or may not be familiar with a location known as the fantasy flight games center so fantasy flight games pretty big board game publisher kind of a juggernaut in the industry now owned by even bigger juggernaut asmoday they had this gaming retail slash uh, board game cafe kind of a place called the fantasy flight game center in Minnesota that had been operating for a pretty long time now. Uh, and it has now changed hands. It is going to be rebranded as the game Zenter. That is one word with a Z, the game center. And what's interesting about this is that it was purchased by a company which is owned by Christian T. Peterson, who is the original founder of Fantasy Flight Games. So while it no longer bears the Fantasy Flight name, it is in a way returning to its roots and going back to who originally started this, this idea. And they are you know, trying to launch it, relaunch it kind of bigger and better. Of course, with the pandemic, they had to shut stuff down. They're reopening it slowly. They have now an online store where you can buy some stuff as well from there. Breeze, I assume, have you ever, I don't know, have you ever had the chance to go to the Fantasy Flight Game Center? Because I have not. Uh,
2: no, but we over here in Seattle, we have, you know, Mock's Boarding House, uh, which is a large game store slash restaurant that's owned by Card Kingdom, or was owned by Card Kingdom. It had, like, a similar thing that happened where uh, it was just called Card Kingdom for a while, and I think it split off into its own thing, but is still effectively the same place. Um, hmm. So it totally, I guess it makes sense that the founder... Maybe he's bored or something. He's just like, hey, you know, um, he's just you know, you go back to your ex-wife and you're like, hey, can I just have like the the can I have the game store? And they're like, Yeah, okay, sure, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess something like can I have the like the the, the little kid? We don't care about that one, right? The three-year-old. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that's is that the analogy that we're making right now. Uh yeah, and I guess also I'm wondering on the other end from Day's side, where I guess they I wonder if they were looking to sell, if they were, if they wanted to get rid of this. They were no longer interested in running this place.
1: That was that was my thoughts. Yeah, what do you think about that? They really seem to be trimming down Fancy Flight. Like they don't really have the mentors anymore. They got rid of this because I guess it's pretty understandable. I don't know how many people know about this and how big important it is to the Fancy Flight brand. I wonder if we're going to see Fancy Flight just named Living Card Game. That seems to be all they're going to be making.
2: We'll probably, re- realistically, they will probably rename them to like as just. I think it's already like called Asmodee North America or whatever. Like on like you know job listings. Eventually, mm. I'm just waiting for them to just delete the name altogether and slow. Eventually, like you know how like how Blizzard will. Eventually, Blizzard will just not be Blizzard. It'll just be. Uh, Overwatch, Activision, Activision Overwatch, <laughs> Division. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, sad. Yeah, yeah, sad. I mean, Fantasy Flight is such a that just that. I mean, I think of that logo as enough to just as a brand still sell games. But maybe I don't know, like outside of our bubble, how true that
2: is. I think a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot. I think a lot of people recognize it. It's not like just like corporate acquisitions. So they wonder if it's like it's usually like a power move. It's just like you're not mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight anymore.
1: You are us. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. I think part of it too is Fancy Flight is known for having a lot of the flavorful games of existing properties. So if they do decide to cut it up for some reason, it can be like, look, we're selling the Star Wars thing, not the Fancy Flight.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: make it so there's more spotlight on those properties yeah
0: yeah it's been kind of doom and gloom uh at least from people watching is seeing what they're doing with with fantasy flight i mean they still have some properties that are going strong that i, yeah, like. I was gonna
1: say still got my arkham horror card game going so yeah you
0: know i i like the lcgs i like KeyForge. i like the board games that they have that they still print mo- for the most part uh but it's hard to say what the future is going to be as far as the the game center is concerned. Uh, I like I I only remember my main memory of it is every year they would hold the Arkham Knights Mm -hmm. stuff there like sometimes they would do little fancy flight preview sessions almost where they would give away cool promos again not that I ever got to go um, out to Minnesota but it's interesting who knows maybe there'll be more game zenters. maybe he'll he wants to like if this is successful if he has fun with it he wants to start spreading it around to other places too. Which I guess they could do. What is with that name, though? By the way,
2: <laughs> no, I was reading it in the show notes, and uh, I was like, "Wait, ga- ga-? now it has the word Zen in it, which I now understand." But I thought it was like going to be called back to like you know like 1999, where you
1: you put. That's what so. I'm gonna say. It sounds like. <laughs> Something out of like Power Rangers, or you know, or they're like, let's meet up at the game center they their like off brand title where the, the all the teenagers meet up. Yeah,
0: it's like, uh, yeah, it does feel it does Your feel bronze, like right? The bronze, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I don't know, but I guess we're talking about it, so I guess it works. I guess it's catchy. So I think this is already. I don't know. Like the website is already up. It seems like this has happened. I don't know if you went there today. If there would be a sign that says Games Center, but it kind of sounds like maybe it has. Like I don't. I don't think there's going to be some grand reopening. I think it's just just new sign. This transition has happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. The pictures on the site show the Olmor says Games Center with an S. So. Oh, <laughs> they do they actually. know. I just noticed there's a banner that says has the Z version on it. So I guess they have like. You know, they went to FedEx and printed out the thing, but... <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> not the not the nice, you know, 3D lettering.
0: <laughs> well, uh, if anyone out there listening has, has been to the Fantasy Flight Game Center, and let us know if you go to the New Games Center and how different it feels, if at all. All right. Next story, I wanted to talk about this article that was published by Grail Games, who is a company that's published a, a whole bunch of games, uh, some of which being smaller titles like 101 which is notable to me because it's one of the first kickstarter games i think i ever backed uh just this little small card game but they've gone on and and done a lot of kickstarter projects that you've probably seen here and there and they wrote this extensive blog post kind of about the, the history of the company uh and the financial struggles and how hard it is uh you know trying to become an independent games publisher and some decisions that have been made now as a result of that. Uh, ultimately they are now joining this group with uh, a game publisher. That's going to help support them and keep them going uh, full time, which is pretty cool. They also talked about some games that they publish, which are um, designed by designer Reiner Knizia, a pretty big board game designer that they are no longer going to be publishing. Which feels like kind of a blow because it was not that long ago that Z-Man Games also announced they are no longer going to be publishing a bunch of their Euro classics. Which yeah, include, they, they
1: even brought it up in the article.
0: Yeah, which include Reiner Knizia because people have been asking them, maybe you'll pick some of those up? And it, I guess it seems like poor Reiner Knizia, like none of his
1: games really make money. or So the companies that are publishing them. I think the problem is, at least this is what I sort of got from this article and more and beyond on that subject is just Mm. the trend of what board games are as we're getting bigger. I think we're going to see more audience try to really get as many people as possible. And I just feel his style of games probably just don't catch enough eyes compared to something, Obviously, the easy thing is just, you know, slap Marvel on it. Right.
0: It could be that. It could be also just, you know, certain who knows, certain companies who are better suited to certain styles of games and True. marketing them. But I, so, I mean, Breeze, I assume you can identify with a lot of the stuff that is written in here because you literally are an independent game designer uh, publishing games on Kickstarter. So uh, what, what was what was your takeaway from this? Yeah, i'm actually looking at the uh grail games's recent kickstarter right
2: now for uh this game called hibachi they actually just wrapped up like last week or something and it was like it didn't do that great um it did good i mean it got it got like uh you know 700 backers and 50 grand but not usually when you're like a company with like you know corporate taxes to pay and employees usually you want to get like you want to get like a lot of money like uh it's really hard out there because it's really hard out there for a tabletop games publisher because it's like still a niche sort of thing and i'm just thinking also back to about a month ago when i think skybound had this game called bloodstone and it made a lot of money with like a capital l but then they canceled the campaign anyway because they needed like a lot more money <laughs> so like mm-hmm. to keep like a function over that yeah to keep like a functional game company going with like more than like one employee because like that's that's how we are I'm, I'm i am zephyr workshop and then i pay people to do stuff and we're like nowhere near like the level of you know having like real full-time employees with like an office and all that and like all that overhead because i don't think it's I don't. I, I don't think it's possible, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you're like getting unless you're getting like external funding, or you really hit a park with like a ten million dollar game or something like Kickstarter. Like I don't know, if, or you have like you know a huge bank from previous like business ventures. It's very hard to just like be a board game publisher, um, like that. You have to Like I know that uh other companies like Colossal. They were they were doing like a, a two Kickstarters a month. <laughs> to like really get their revenue stream going and then they got in trouble i remember that was actually they've got another one coming up
0: this week
2: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah for a while there they were just like i'll show you i'll show you what it's like to do kickstarters (laughs) they had like three kickstarter accounts and they they had the new game firing off every like five minutes um that's like what you really need to do if you actually want to support employees and uh i'm sure that grail games is probably in kind of like Straits, maybe dire Straits. i don't know how many people they have on staff or whatever but um yeah no the you're you when you're especially like your kickstarter business model you need your games to be making like you know 100 grand 200 grand 300 grand a million dollars two million dollars um to like really keep yourself going and having a new campaign every couple months or
0: whatever Uh, it is it's a crazy thing to me because i think I even as you know someone who i spend a lot of time thinking about board games and kickstarter games i and i i think for a lot of other people who are just board gamers more casually like i don't think about like the maybe it's part of it is the fact like i said grill games kind of um it almost feels like they started out on kickstarter like At the same time, I started really getting into board games. So I feel like they've just always been around in my mind. And I just think, oh, you have a like your names on a box. You made a game. You must be successful. Like there's probably a there's probably a place, a building where you're making games all day and you're having a great time. And like you said, that's just is really not the reality. It's so much harder than I think a lot of people realize that even when you successfully make a game, a lot of times the end result is just cool like a few thousand people got it and you're back to square one like you don't it doesn't always lead to something which is it's a shame it's hard
2: yeah like after doing our first kickstarter it's like it's cool because we had zero dollars then we did a kickstarter and we didn't you know go into financial ruin afterwards which is totally something that can happen when you make these games but we had money afterwards and games to sell afterwards and that allowed us to you know uh put more money towards other projects as opposed to the zero that we started with so you know but it's like not enough to like hire somebody full-time or it's not enough to um you know start just like aggressively ramping i guess uh to like you know five games a year or something but yeah because a lot of these a lot of these companies are like you know three people big or something like that usually run out of their house um and yeah, no, it's it, it's it's rough because you, like you said, like no, there's a fun place. There's probably a fun office where people are working <laughs> on games all day. I know that's how Level 99 is. Up until recently, Level 99 was just out of Brad Talton's house, but now they have like a cool office that I visited. It's like, but they're like in Albuquerque where rent is like a dollar a month. Um, it's like Mad
0: Magazine on The Simpsons when Bart goes to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the fun stuff happening. But it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, it's not but, like,
2: but yeah. More realistically, uh, these companies have a fun building where. They have to pay warehousing fees for all of their backstock. <laughs> so you, that's the other thing. Like was, um, when you publish a game and you have like you know four thousand copies laying around yourself through two thousand of them, and then there's no conventions and you know online sales are slow or whatever, you're just like paying warehousing fees. And that's like that 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 is actually <laughs> that is actually the uh, one of the things you don't really ever think about until you're sitting on like a castle of boxes that you have to pay for upkeep and all that. Right.
1: So that's like that. that, That,
2: Yeah.
1: I was just, that actually sort of reminded me. I can't remember if we had actually on the podcast or something else, Jonathan. We talked about how it's weird that how picky sometimes people talk about and like why people view board games versus video games because we talked to like it's digital and so you don't have to worry about spacing issues. And it's just like you realize that's tenfold for a warehouse. So if a game didn't sell, well, that's actually devastating because it's not only selling, but it's taking up space for other things. Yeah. yeah
0: it's a tricky there's a lot of things you have to consider <laughs> there's like a, how many games to print i mean that's a that's and then just of
1: course a... when you don't print enough everyone's angry at you like why didn't you see this coming i right. want to get my copy you know yeah exactly <laughs> Just yeah, do like, what uh...
0: isaac childress did just make gloomhaven of course <laughs> <laughs> it seems easy yeah that's actually it...
1: remind me i totally forgot uh, john did you see the thing north star also put out uh, how they're making some changes Oh, yeah. To their company. Yeah, uh, they actually are trying to seem to focus in more on the uh, uh, for like the hobbyist games. Like mm. they uh, they said they sold Happy Planet uh, for a toy specialty and they're working on a deal to make uh, a game. You really like Wits and wagers as well as say anything to be more worldwide. And I guess someone else would handle that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Even 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 smaller companies, slightly bigger companies. They all got to you got to make moves to survive. Is I guess the moral of this story, which is kind of I mean, there's a happy ending to this one, except for again Reiner Knizia, who I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think he's doing fine, but it does seem like he's had a couple of uh, he's got dumped a couple times in the past few months, which is a shame. Any other thoughts on this? Uh, any anything else from this we want to talk about? Great, perfect. We completed it 100. percent All right, so that's Grail Games uh, going through some stuff. Next up, let's talk about a new game that's an old game that was announced recently, Galaxy Trucker, which is a a Vlada Fatil classic. Uh, This is uh, published by Czech Games Edition, and it's a game in which you are trying to build a spaceship The best spaceship you can, but sort of the gimmick of it is that it's almost like they've got this dexterity element where you're trying to grab pieces as fast as you can uh, and get the best ones before other players grab them in order to make the best ship you can build. And they announced a new edition of this game, uh, and this new version is smaller, a little cheaper. It's got streamlined gameplay, all new art all over it. Uh, new new components uh, slightly different rules variants it sounds like there's going to be a shorter version of the game as well as kind of a longer variant for veteran players that's releasing summer 2021 breeze are you a galaxy trucker fan
2: actually no i've never played a, i've never played a galaxy trucker before i'm a philistine
0: uh Oh well, that makes three of us. <laughs> well, I, I was just
1: thinking for you, John. You must be like I know. It's always like I need to get it. I should, and you always just. But now, you, look, new edition. It's so, perfect. You I'll, you were just waiting. You s- knew that a new edition was coming. So about that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you just buy it? <laughs>
0: um, I'm a big fan of Vladach Fatil. I, you know, of course, Mage Knight, Space Alert. I mean, the guy is a bona fide genius, as far as I'm concerned uh he has a lot of games out and i haven't been able to play all of them and galaxy trucker is one of those ones that like i just has just always been on my list to try and play everyone says it's fun and for whatever reason about a month ago i finally decided this is my moment added it to the cart you know let's let's put it in there get a little get another game why not and so that yes i now own a copy of it right before they announced this new edition of it, which is kind of why I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> I wanted to bring it up on the show is just to express. This is, this is what happens sometimes in the board game world. You know, you end up, this
1: is the risk that you take to be fair. That's usually what happens to me. Cause I think that happened with like evolution. Uh, there was another game that happened with a, like I bought an older version right after they announced the new one. Oh, it- I think it was the uh, Sherlock Holmes and Lovecraft game oh um what's that called the a study uh, in emerald yeah right right that right. was one yeah I, i'm very good at picking out a game that's about to get a new version
0: <laughs> yeah so i actually really like the look of it i mean i'm disappointed <laughs> that i bought it but i think the new art style is a lot better and i will see i don't know maybe i'll think the old version is better and i'll be glad i have it i don't know uh but the new version is only i think it retails for like 30 bucks too. So. It's, it'll, so it's not like I'm, I'm not I don't feel terrible. It's not like I bought like a seventy dollar game, and I and I gotta buy it again. All right, so that's Galaxy Trucker. The last news thing that I want to talk about. Now this is weird. This is a movie announcement. Uh, there is a trailer that was released for a film called Werewolves Within. So Werewolves Within is a VR game, which is based on where one night ultimate werewolf which is based on (laughs) the social deduction (laughs) game of werewolf and this movie is based on that vr game werewolves within i think it's really based on the game of werewolf but they probably wanted a more distinct title for trademark purposes so they went with this which has a little bit more of a less generic sound to it uh you can watch the trailer for it it is If you're unfamiliar, Werewolf is a game where uh, some players are secretly werewolves, werewolves, werewolves. And at night, uh, the werewolves can go around and kill other players. So you're trying to figure out who it is before it's too late. And there's all kinds of new additions, versions where you have different player powers and all kinds of stuff going on. Breeze, did you get a chance to watch the trailer for Werewolves Within?
2: I have not. this This is actually news to me. But, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of Michael Bay's Battleship movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> I assume you're being facetious, but have you watched that movie?
2: Uh, it's just Transformers without the robots. It's like, it's like he just took oh, so- a bunch of it. It's like he just took a bunch of, like, unused footage from Transformers <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, the bar is pretty low for board game based movies. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Clue's cool. <laughs> Clu- right. I mean, I was going yeah, to say, um, but that's, yeah, no, it's pretty this, much, it. it's
0: pretty interesting. So what, is this going to be a theater movie? Is it a Netflix movie or according, this is going to be in theaters June 25th and then on demand, like a week or two later as well. So you know, I think they're still oh. feeling out the whole theaters thing, but yeah, it's not a streaming movie. It sounds like, mm. so it's a real movie.
2: it's a movie all right this will be interesting i'll pick it up at uh
0: fye for three (laughs) dollars you know at some point (laughs) next time i'm at coconuts i will (laughs) see if it's in stock well what do you think do you think that what does the werewolves with within or werewolf lend itself to a film
1: i feel like it's i mean look it's always possible someone comes up with something really clever something a very abstract idea but i feel like the werewolf thing part is just sort of the the joke of i I just feel like how silly people interact with each other especially you know if everyone's drinking i just imagine this to try to take a serious take it's almost like so can I, just... I imagine someone like making a yeah, serious anime about Uno and being like, "My mother died of a reversal card."
0: <laughs> well, am I am I the one? Uh, uh, am I the only one here who actually watched this trailer?
1: <laughs> I watched it. And oh, it, it's okay. like. It well, the I... looks, it didn't look like a comedy to me.
0: Okay, I guess I'm surprised because I thought I, I thought the tone was pretty comedic, pretty light, pretty light. Like I, th-
1: I saw a couple of, like maybe like funny lines in there, but it's not like I, I guess it's still to me over horror. You I have
0: guess. a crippling fear of werewolves, so for you this oh, is a touchy absolutely. subject. <laughs> um, We're I mean, bears,
1: I, not wolves, very very different.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll step in and be the Oh my god, this the, is this is
1: rated R. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: I yeah, oh yeah, they're they're going all out. They're uh you're going to see limbs. <laughs> oh, they, they're not kidding around. Uh yeah, I'll 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 be the voice of the more optimistic voice, I guess. So This, um, and part of the reason is because uh, this is directed by a guy named Josh Rubin, who had a movie that came out last year that I watched called Scare Me. And I really, I I really like that movie. It's a very um, creative, clever movie that's really kind of about horror fiction and about the creation of like writing and storytelling in general. And it does involve not literally, but they do have subject matter of werewolves in it. And that movie is really funny and really, um, it, it is a little bit scary at times, but it's it's just a funny, clever, small movie. And from based on this trailer and what I liked about that, I feel like this is the perfect guy to do it. I think it, it looks like a lot of fun. I love, um, I wish I could remember his name, but I didn't uh, keep track of it. But it's got uh, one of the actors who played uh, one of the funniest characters on Veep. On the show Veep that it, I
2: love. It also has Milana Vantrobe, very
0: important. Mo- that's right. That's right. Of <laughs> of progressive commercial fame, of course.
2: That's not progressive commercials, it's on what was it? Um ATT. Not- ATT commercial. Oh, ATT. If Sorry, only- I got her
0: mixed up with Flow. Yeah,
2: like, if only Flow was in this movie. Was-
1: <laughs> Maybe that's the big surprise. That's the reveal. She's the werewolf. <laughs> this entire thing is actually just a commercial for insurance. Uh
0: but I thought it looks funny. I, I feel like it I mean, I think it's like horror comedy and i think that's i know will that's one of probably your least favorite genre of movies so. i mean it's
1: to me that's like saying a sardine ice cream
0: <laughs> whereas to me that's like saying peanut butter and chocolate i think that's the best combo you can get we just have very different uh, opinions on that genre but i i'm excited for it i'm excited that it comes out so soon i i think it looks cool anyway that's werewolves within in in, in july the trailer's out there right now that's the news stories let's talk about what's cooking this week on the old kickstarter. Oh, this one looks nice. It's nice. It's nice. this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Oh, oh this one looks no, nice. I, it's I, nice. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> supposed to play twice. I wasn't supposed to play twice. Anyway, uh this part of the show of course when we're talking each one of us has chosen a project a crowdfunding project that we are interested in following and highlighting this week. Breeze, what's your pick? Uh my pick, I was
2: actually perusing the kickstarter machine and nothing super nothing on kickstarter is super sticking out to me I think it's really funny that dice theme park is a sequel to dice hospital It's, it's, it's really good starter <laughs> title, but uh one of our biggest uh, Competitions uh, wise wizard games formerly white wizard. Uh, I think put up their preview page for robot quest arena um recently mm. and i've known the artist tangentially and now he lives like down the street from me but i've known the main artist for robot quest for like a long time like i found him on DeviantArt art like a long time ago when we were first making aegis and now he like slaved away at like some uh mobile game studio and then they formed their own studio and now they're making their own game and then that game is being adapted to this new board game um And it's cool. Uh, I like it because of the art. I also got to play it at Gamma and it much like uh, most other wise wizard games, Star Realms, Epic, etc. It's a deck builder, but it's a deck builder where you play stuff and you move a little robot around a square board and you shoot at each other and then you respawn and you shoot at each other again. You get some points. Hmm. It's going to be very colorful. It's going to steal our entire market share. Um, I, <laughs> oh, no. I'm going. I'm going to be homeless because of this game. And <laughs>
1: I see uh-huh. you are taking the guilt trip. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no.
2: It's going to be. It's going to be pretty cool. It's probably gonna. It's probably gonna print money on Kickstarter. Um, it, it looks like uh, It's gonna launch near the end of May. So I would. Uh, People should look out for that. And then the day after it finishes, we'll probably be starting to advertise our next Aegis campaign. <laughs> mm, mm, I see how it is. Exactly. Because like, I was going to actually start advertising it like this month, but then Robot Quest Arena started advertising. I'm like, well, do I do that? I don't. <laughs> how am do you market?
0: Um. <laughs> These robots look much cuter than aegis robots yeah it's
2: very it's a very cute game it is much cuter than our game it kind of has like some aesthetic with like the colors uh similar to our game but mm-hmm. it's uh it's very it's very quiet. and then eventually the uh the mobile game like the actual video game mobile game will for robot quest will come out too i have no idea of the status of that but i also got to play that
0: um it was it
2: was cool it was a mobile
0: game <laughs> is is that like is it a version of the tabletop game or is it totally different
2: i think they uh, aside from you know characters aesthetic and stuff i think they're pretty different um yeah i don't think they share any like real mechanics at all other than like the mobile game also has robots that fight each other and you like control them and move them around and stuff
1: so there isn't any kind of like cross connection of the scan you know, this board game piece to unlock it or something weird like that. You know, I They're wonder. Like
2: I know they haven't like revealed anything really about the board. There's some videos out, but I don't know. Uh, you think they would, but no clue. Maybe they'll reveal that when the Kickstarter
0: launches. Maybe it's a stretch goal. Stretch goal. <laughs> Get the video game too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of. Uh. We're recordings like slightly earlier than we normally would. And it does seem like it's slow week on Kickstarter slash some bigger projects haven't quite launched yet uh, right now, but uh robot quest arena it looks cool. It sounds cool. You said it's cool. You have hand experience and uh, we have enjoyed wise wizard games in the past. So tomorrow is when I'm sure $5
2: million right. dollar kickstarters <laughs> will like, you know, <laughs> pop up. It's going to be a Kickstarter Tuesday, baby. <laughs>
1: Do you know why it's Tuesday? Like, is there something weird? Like, people tend to be more interested about Tuesdays just because everyone does it on do you,
2: Tuesday. Do you want to know the lore about this? I have the lore on this.
1: Uh, I mean, I would love to learn the lore about this. <laughs> okay, so right. I got my grimoire
2: ready. All right, so I won't I, I won't rant for too long, but I learned this, I believe, from a Twitter thread recently, and the year was 1995, <laughs> and Sonic and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was going to have a global release.
0: And oh, I, I read about this in the book <laughs> Console Wars.
2: Yeah, so they were going to have a, a global release of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I believe. I don't know if it was one or two. I think it was two. Um, Sonic oh, Hedgehog yeah. 2 is coming out, and they called it Sonic Tuesday. And beca- right. and because of Sonic Tuesday and Sonic launching globally on Tuesday, that rippled through time. And now every piece of nerdy media launches on Tuesday um
0: so there is no like statistics that say oh people are more likely to back on a tuesday it's just tradition
2: uh there is a lot of statistics that people back on tuesdays but that's because everything launches on a tuesday (laughs) (laughs) but uh so and so and then from a kickstarter statistic stuff you know monday tuesday wednesday are the best days because nobody backs kickstarters on friday saturday or sunday so launching your kickstarter on like thursday or friday is terrible um hmm. saturday and sunday is a death knell so it's either it's always either monday tuesday wednesday and usually people yeah. just choose tuesday because it's like oh okay cool everybody's gonna look be looking at the website on tuesday so i might as well have my game visible there
1: and that does that count also like that 48 hour period do you try to also end on a tuesday i uh, usually like that? usually try to end on like
2: a friday or you know oh. end on like a thursday or a friday um because people will still be Aggressively using Kickstarter for the most part on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit on Thursday, um, and then ending on Saturday is dumb. But if you end on a Friday, the previous forty-eight hours will be two good days—Wednesday, Thursday—and so then the mm. then you cap it off on a Friday, and then no one backs Kickstarters on the weekend. So that's the that's the algorithm. And uh, when you're looking at Kickstarter, see if you can uh, identify
1: all the campaigns that do that i'll uh, make, oh, make okay. it into a that game. is so much fun <laughs> God love when half your job then becomes what is the formula that can make or break my entire life absolutely <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, our, yeah our first D just kickstarter launched on a thursday it was bad <laughs> we got one good day but, of ba- we got z- zero good days we got one good day of backing on thursday <laughs> and then bad day bad day on friday bad day on saturday bad day on sunday uh, and then by the time Monday rolled around, no one cared. So that was, uh, that was but bad. But you turned it around. Turned but... it around. Second Kickstarter, did it on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Slammed it out of the park. Solomon Grundy launched on a Tuzdy. TUSD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for everything. Um, so oh, this is good. This is this is like this is the kind of exclusive insider tips that we had you on the show for. So anyway, Robot Quest Arena launching towards the end of May, perhaps. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. And Aegis as well, of course, following after that. And uh, and Will, you got a pick for us this
1: week. Yes, mine too is currently in preview, but it should be, should be at out the time. by the time you're listening to this, unless yeah. somehow you've hacked our computers and you're listening to us while we record. And mm. that is the new edition of Agents of Smirch, the epic edition to be precise, because it comes from everything epic. But if you don't know, Agents of Smirch is a heavy story game where you all play as secret agents trying to stop a mad scientist. And this new version tends is going to bring everything from the previous one, as well as some new updates of obviously some visual updates. One of the new component updates I know is actually you can play as, uh, I can't, if I'm breaking on playing on the name of the phrase now, but uh two timing agent, you can play as pretty much one of the Matt's double agent? double agent. Yeah. Thank, right. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two, one of his, oh, is
0: that why they call it? Cause like two time double.
1: Yeah. Because you're back that's Pretty good. Never thought about but that before. <laughs> you can play as pretty much one of the minions and I, I don't know the rules for them yet but they seems like you can you're gonna be able to sort of be a bit more tricky you're not it doesn't sound like you're actually playing against the other players it's more of your like you have to like try to I guess not rouse too much suspicion hmm. but this is one of those games that I like because it comes with you know a, a huge novel where you have to like make a choice go to page 45 Part C Section D and find out when the world happened.
0: <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, while we're on the subject, this is another one you do. I think you do have the one of the older editions. Yes, right? but
1: I had that. I've had that for a while. This right. is not the I just <laughs> bought this and they announced it. So it's not nearly as like You're kidding me.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of game like we love uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, which I wish they would do a new edition of that. Actually,
1: That but. one definitely could use that.
0: But uh, yeah, these kinds of games are always fun and silly. I was reading about it and I know they've kind of, they've slightly changed slash streamlined the way some of like the dice systems work in this version. Um, And I, I know I saw, of course, there are some people who don't like that because they like the old version, but uh, I I thought they sounded like they could be potentially good. And yeah, I'm, uh, this is one that I've always wanted to try with all the, like you, I enjoy things with all these different story passages you get to read. I, it, I just it just becomes a great
1: just like uh it, i know one of my best stories though was for as you said tales of remy Nights. was an, an option was drink oh yeah just so like, it's, there's always a drink option and like <laughs> we didn't know what that means like there's a house on fire what does that mean <laughs> are we drinking the fire
0: <laughs> you'll find out when you choose the drink option you never know where it's, it's going to take you uh so that's agents of smirsh epic edition also like kind of a very I guess like a sixties kind of a like cheesy sort of old school James Bond vibe is the aesthetic of that. It's a
1: bit more of a modern take to the art. Like this new version might be. Yes. Maybe like I I would say the front, almost like I'm getting kill bill and Hmm. uh, the other one is just more modern day guy in suit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My pick this
0: week is from Renegade games studio and it's called. So we, all three of us picked, of course, you know, established game companies. Sorry other indie (laughs) people Uh, i mean you know india is relative in the board game industry but uh, renegade game studio has this game called my father's work and it's kind of a take on a frankenstein-esque story you are trying to complete your father's work which could be something like a frankenstein could be some kind of a scientific machine or contraption or experiment uh, depends on what you choose, what's given to you when you play the game, and you're competing against other players to complete yours. And it's essentially a worker placement game where you have different types of workers. You can send them out into the town, and they'll bring back different resources that you'll need to build and conduct your experiments. And the game actually takes place over three generations. So your characters will die and you'll play then their the next uh, offspring. So you're trying to eventually complete your great-grandfather's work instead of your father's work. Uh, and there's some interesting, you know, like uh, if certain workers can go to certain places uh, better than others. Sometimes if someone is somewhere you wanted to be, you have to pay a little money if you want to use the same space as them, that sort of thing. And there's also heavy app integration in this game. That's a really big aspect of it. There's a whole story line. Uh, When you play, you'll have different story scenarios and you can still branch off depending on your choices. And you'll even get to like name your town, name your characters. And the game, the app supposedly will remember stuff that players have done that will have an impact later on. Sometimes it might even, like one player might take the app and be asked a question and no one else will know what they said. And it will... Uh, be some kind of uh, an intriguing secret that they might want to try to figure out. It sounds really ambitious. I, I like app games. I like the theme. It's got a lot of pretty positive buzz. There's like a, an extended preview that uh, man versus meeple did uh, where you can see more about it. And it looks really fun. I know a lot of people have talked about it in comparison to the um, plaid Hack game abomination, but uh, I think this one is a little bit, a little bit different, a little broader uh again with the the app focus is kind of changing it up a little bit
1: i think thematically i get that but like mechanically when i think of abomination i think much more like worker placement and yes it is very thematic because that platite does a good job with that but this feels like i'm really thinking about the generations of like especially with the app like how am i gonna get the villagers angry at me you know, what is what am I leaving for my grandkid or am I not caring about them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wacky, goofy things like that. You're trying to do weird little experiments. I, I read uh, one of the designers said that they like young Frankenstein was kind of one of the leading influences. Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, right. Frankenstein. Yeah. So so uh, I don't know. My father's work. i look out for that one. So those are our three picks. Um, and yeah, I think I think they're all good ones. There's actually there's another so. there's one other one I thought was cool which is called Harsh Shadows which is a solo spy game. I'll just I'll just mention that briefly. Oh and also I guess we'll take this opportunity to mention another one called Cyber Odyssey which we did a whole preview video for. So it's not going to be a pick but you'll be seeing that that's on our YouTube channel. Uh you can find it rollforcrit.com. It's like a big cyberpunk uh it's also kind of got worker placement. It's got a lot of different elements, combat, all kinds of stuff, miniatures, so if you like those, go to our channel and learn more about that one. Those are our Kickstarter picks. Now let's talk about the games we've been playing in Table Talk. I don't know You're if my j- 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 Table Talk. Table like Talk. <laughs> <light to laughs> oh table Talk. So that's, uh, that's, that's that bumper for this part of the show. We talk about the games we've been playing that we want to talk about, old or new. We don't care. Breeze. What have you been playing lately with your actual fingers on a table? Well, uh... (laughs)
2: I was gonna say that's a catch. Everything's played in tabletop simulator nowadays, man. Um, but you yeah, know, I've been playing uh, aside from like millions and millions of prototypes, because that's the life of a board game designer. Is you play your your breakdown is like you play like seventy percent prototypes of games <laughs> and like thirty <30% laughs> percent printed games. Um, but the uh, I played I actually played a uh, game that's not even out yet, uh, Roll Camera, which I believe it was um kickstarted at some point it's like a movie making cooperative game it's like a dice placement cute art style uh it's shipping to backers right now and will be available soon enough it was pretty cool uh i liked it it definitely carried through a lot of like the theme the thematics of making movies you like, have to like solve on there's like a new problem or problems every turn that you have to solve you have to build sets and set up your sets so that you can shoot scenes back to back it's it's very it's very neat
0: um hmm. is it uh does it have any kind of you know sometimes movie making games are like sort of more like party games where you're coming up with the plots or something or oh, is it more uh, mechanically
2: It's uh, it's definitely much more mechanical but uh like the game the, the your win condition is you have to shoot 5 scenes and the 5 scenes have to kind of align with the requirements of the script that you're given at the start of the game like and the script will have like two halves it'll be like make shoot scenes with funny stuff and scenes with uh but you lose points if there's sad stuff and like uh they'll have like there are two cards that you put together make it then it makes like a script and it'll spit out a funny movie title like rootin tootin <laughs> uh bananas <laughs> and it's <laughs> so, a winner and so yeah it's, it's like a big puzzle it's like a puzzle game um with the with all the dice placement and the resource management you have to like complete your movie with before it uh where you run out of time or money. Then there's um Play Bullet, finally played Bullet. Uh, I played Bullet when it was just a prototype uh like 2 or 3 years ago uh from Level 99 Games. It's based on like shoot 'em up like Toho games, but in actuality it's much more like Tetris Attack. Uh you have it's like a real-time game. Everybody pulls these things out of a bag. Uh, like think like quacks of and you put them on your board in patterns Then you have to get rid of the things that you put on your board and Then the thing the, the little bullets that you get rid of get passed off to your opponent and then for the next turn And then that all goes into their bag So you're basically just trying to get rid of bullets fill your opponent's bag with bullets so that eventually their thing fills up and they take damage and they die and um, very clean very simple for a level 99 game um it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of content there's like i think there's like six characters in the box and each of the six characters can be played a, against as like a boss like a cooperative boss uh so there's it goes one to four players completely competitive or completely cooperative very very modular um nice nice looking components uh i got the kickstarter edition with like the wooden pieces that go in the bag uh i don't nice. i don't think the game would be playable with the cardboard shits <laughs> so if mm. you can hunt down the uh the much like quacks having the pieces makes it so much better It's just looks very very good um Is that, do you know, are those, is that exclusive
0: to Kickstarter? I'm pretty sure they
2: might still have the bags of stuff, like on the level, always check the level 99 store. And I think as the game, I've been seeing a lot of like uh, people in like the normie verse really enjoying the game. So hopefully, (laughs) it's actually really surprising because it's like anime girl, kawaii ugu game. But uh, I've seen lots of normies like on like Facebook groups enjoying it. So hopefully that means they'll reprint it and like the pieces will be available
1: in perpetuity. Because they're very, I mean, important. if it does well enough, odds are I bet you'd see any of the other companies <clears throat> that sort of just make meeples and stuff. Oh, yeah. And make their own versions. Yeah, it'd be so even cooler to get cigarette.
2: like, yeah, like uh, it'd, be really, it'd be really cool to like see like the enamel uh, pieces mm-hmm. that like quacks got.
0: Um, yeah,
1: because we, we played that through a tabletop simulator a while back mm-hmm. and that, and we had a lot of fun with that one.
0: Yeah, it was definitely, you know, speaking of playing games with your fingers and like, uh, <laughs> You know, so much better with the tokens. Even, even better, I bet, with anything physical in front of you. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine <laughs>
2: like, like moving your moving your mouse around and trying to remove pieces under a time limit. Um, uh, I don't know if you yeah. guys played it with this either, but uh, they actually have a soundtrack for the game, and all the songs are three minutes. To oh, no, um, I don't no, remember we did that. Not
0: do that now. So,
2: that, that, see, that's some galaxy brain stuff right there because you play under <laughs> a three minute timer, and they actually composed a bunch of like a. Um, us so not songs because they're vocalists but like the you know, tracks to uh play the game to, and when the game and when the track runs out then the timbre runs out and it's it's perfect it's like chef's kiss
0: i love that yeah anytime <laughs> like i mean space Alert did that uh there there's a few other games but that's like that's perfect for that game rather than just mm-hmm. you know a signed sand timer or whatever, or just like, Hey, Google set a timer for three minutes. Uh, one of those, right. (laughs) And not
1: only that, you know, you, if they give you full, like multiple tracks, you just, you could just play them for other things that might fit the theme. You know, you just put that on loop. We need more board game soundtracks, right?
0: Also, can we just, I'll just apologize to anyone listening on speakers who just had their Google set a timer for, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think mine just set a timer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um but yeah yeah it's our time with it like it was really fun even just the digital version uh i i know you've been en- enjoying it and excited about it and it is very like you said it is very kind of different from a lot of other level 99 games and that it's just so I don't, almost like a just pure kind of a game without all these like you know, of course, there's potential for expansions and stuff like that. But there's already
2: an expansion because that's the pattern. Oh, there you go. God, there's right. nothing that makes you feel more inadequate as a publisher than seeing somebody publish a game and then as soon as it hits shelves, it's like we have an expansion ready. It's like, God, <laughs> do you guys stop? Um, but yeah, there's already there's already an expansion that features like some shoot 'em up characters from um, like some actual like shoot 'em up games, not like Toho. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not. A shoot 'em up nerd, so
0: I can't identify the characters. However, I'm waiting did- for the ship from Ikaruga. Exactly, the only shoot 'em up game I've ever enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, no idea. That'd be perfect. Fear, unfortunately. Ga- Gal- Galaga, right? What's that count? Okay, <laughs> <get> that one. <laughs> uh, Zevius. Z- oh, I know Zevius.
1: Yeah. Luckily, this is not the shoot 'em up podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, not, not yet. So not that's yet.
0: Bullet. What else have you been playing? And uh,
2: Cartographers, I'm a few years late playing Cartographers, very quick, very quick, very simple, very cute game. It's just, a, it's not a roll and write. It's just a write, um, uh, but. <laughs> Flippin' right, they yeah, call flip it. flip and write. You flip over some cards, uh, you, you're basically filling out a map uh, with different symbols. It's like, looks like crossword puzzle grid. And then you get accrue points based on which uh, little terrain features are next to which other terrain features. I had no idea it was thematically tied in with role player um also that's that was a surprise uh and then the arts much better than it should be it's like you have <laughs> it's like for this cute this cutie doopy doopy little like flip and right game it just has like the, these uh landscape and like fantasy pieces that are look like they were like they you know they pulled them out of like the sistine chapel situation <laughs> it's, it's have,
1: have you seen some people's maps when they're done and they like because it's not just do a red block they'll do like nice little cities and stuff yep. that connect and meanwhile I'm like oh yeah I made a doodle <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you can play
2: it uh you can definitely overachieve in this game like hardcore <laughs> and i think uh, is it is like the is like the one of, kind of like how a role player you use it to like make games for your rpg is like one of the points of cartographers to like make like maps for your campaign i don't know if that was like a feature that they kind of had like huh. in mind i never thought about it before yeah i mean you you could because yeah you could like you, put down your mountains your cities your stuff and you just like you whip out your post-it note sized map and you use that to like build a campaign <laughs> off of i guess
1: i get a strange feeling now in our next D campaign i'm like why does this seem all familiar <laughs> <laughs> yes why I'm... did i put the goblins here <laughs>
0: <laughs> never make a map again this is it yeah every role player game is just uh their desire to not have to plan an rpg (laughs) it's just like how can we streamline another aspect and make it a game but yeah cartographers i mean it's that's one of our favorites uh Mm -hmm. far as far as rolling rights go
1: big thing really is those the monster cards because i just love that it makes it so it's not just everyone's playing their own solo game like you right. actually pass the sheets and you can really screw someone over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is, uh, which is what we like to do. And roll for Great. Have you, are you, have you done, uh, all the other or any other role player games?
2: I have not played. I watched my roommates play role player. Uh, none of them were, <laughs> none of them were a fan. Uh, and my friend. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. No, it's just like, this is like, cool. um, it's all the, I forget what they said about it. I just know they weren't. They weren't exceptionally excited, uh, because all you do is make a character, and it's like it feels like it feels like it really feels like they said it feel like a gamified chore. Uh, but then uh, there is a they might like the expansion where you do get to fight monsters. Yeah, exactly. And then like I know there's role player adventures that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I kind of want to check out. That's another one that I think had like 14 million lines of lore and writing to it, because um, <laughs> I know that I were I currently work for. Uh, a development studio that worked on role player adventures and like yeah my boss was telling me about the the absolute undertaking role player adventures was and so it's like content with a capital c <laughs>
0: yeah yeah we, we played a little like the preview version and thought it was pretty good and yeah mm-hmm. pretty big pretty big fan of all the role player stuff yeah. they give a pretty good seal of polish on those a seal of polish whatever a <laughs> seal of polish <laughs> I can say
1: whatever I want on this podcast. <laughs> I'm more than happy with the building part. Cause then I don't have to test it and find out I failed miserably. Like I've made my deck. Well, that's not meta. So you're out. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so you can imagine whatever fate for that character you want. You know, it's <laughs> that's, it's open-ended that way. So cartographers, a role player tale, full title. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Will and I have been playing some stuff together. Once again, <laughs> well, what have we been what have we That's been? That's right. Playing?
1: Unfortunately, I've been continually to play games with Jonathan. I don't know why. Cannot yeah. think for the life of me why I would do. But uh the first one we'll talk about is King of Twelve. Now, this is a interesting card battling game in which I don't know if every- battle
0: is the right word. <laughs> you're like, competing. Yeah. You're
1: you're you're comparing.
0: <laughs> There's no monsters involved or no, yes. Guys. No,
1: it's not the your 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 magic or Yu-Gi-Oh. You have a, it's if anything, I would say it's like war. You have a set of cards, but you all start off around rolling a die, a 12-sided die, which will have a number value on it. And each round, you're trying to win, usually behind the high, highest number. There are cases where lowest is better. And each turn, you're all going to play a card face down and reveal it. Now, some of them may change your value of your die. Some, like I said, can make the lower one stronger. Some of them could change everyone's dice value. But everyone has the same card. So, like, if I play the knight, everyone knows I can't play the knight anymore. And they have the knight, too. So I might know that that's coming up. And it becomes this weird mind game of thinking, like, okay, he has this left. How can I mess with him? And you get points during each of these. And once someone gathers enough points or you play all your cards, someone wins that round. And first person to win two rounds is the full winner.
0: And the, the other th- wrinkle is that if two people play the same card, neither of them takes effect.
1: Right. They auto cancel instantly. If, so if everyone plays the same thing, it's just going to be number value on dice. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah it
0: reminded. It made me think of Love Letter as kind of a somewhat of an analog or even something like Masquerade is another card game, you know, any or like, um, I guess, Bullet or what's the original version of Bullet? Cabo.
1: Okay, I was, I was thinking. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, this is. Oh, sorry, tough. <laughs> not that bullet. <laughs>
0: not that bullet. So I guess it's called Silver Bullet. Is that the official title from the from Bezier Games? But they have like different versions of it. Or Silver. Sorry, yeah, it's called Silver.
1: And then there's like Silver Bullet, Silver Amulet. I got it mixed to up. To me, the difference with a lot of the ones you mentioned is I'm not like, saying like, it's one to one. Right. It's no, and this I, is why all right go ahead because oh this is where i mean we've got to play it more but one of the problems is when you have that something like love letter there's the deck of cards and one card's removed you can never say for sure what they have usually you know unless someone's really obvious this i'm like i know you have these three cards left and you know i don't know if you're mm-hmm. going to play them optimally or whatever but i'm like more often than not, I could probably try to it's like whoever can get the first who can get the upper hand earlier on, at least in especially at the lower player counts, it seems a little bit harder. At higher, you're gonna get more of that chaos, which would be preferable because you don't know what in the world's gonna go on. One person's well, there gonna is, flip everyone's um, dice, someone's gonna make everyone rotate their dice <laughs> to the left.
0: Yeah. When someone wins, they do they lose a card to mark that they've won a round and you don't know which card they choose. So that there's that element to it. And um it also depends on how good you are at remembering what everyone has played, too. There
1: are more cards than you play with. I think there are, like, 10 well, you can mix or 12 in, yeah. different cards, but you use only 7, was it again? Yeah, you have 7. I always forget my hand size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but I liked it. Yeah, I mean, we, we're probably going to review this, do a full review of this soon on our channel. But of the uh, the big caveat with this is that we've just played it with the two of us, and it clearly wants
1: three or four players. I think it, yeah, I
0: think it goes up to four.
1: Um, yeah, there were a couple of cards in that are like, this is, this is the exact same thing. It's just two. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: so I I wouldn't probably recommend it at that count, but, uh, I, I really liked, uh, what we did so far. And I I do feel like there's a, you know, it's one of those games, a lot of potential for like meta stuff, which I like (laughs) and anything with like memory. That's, that's also very simple. You know, it doesn't take that long. It's a small number of cards. I like it.
1: Well, what else? moving on, this one has been, I think, at least I've seen a lot about it. It could just be uh, very good advertising. <sighs> but Umbra Vaya from Pandasaurus Games. This was initially brought to them as a game designed about finding souls and leading them to the afterlife. It still sort of has that, but now it's with flowers. <laughs> In this game, you are trying to remove all your soul flower tokens from a tile and then claim that tile before anyone else. The way you're going to do that is you'll be bidding on tiles. And when you place these tiles, you're going to put them in the center board. And should all the paths be closed off, you'll then score those paths and earn a number of soul tiles, depending on how well you place and equal the number of tokens you have on there. It's a very interesting bidding and area control game in which what's the bidding, you actually bid on one of the four tiles and everyone sees your first bids, but then you bid again, so you sort of have an idea of what people want to go for, and it becomes interesting. because You're like, do I bid more on that tile and try to take it away from Jonathan, or do I go on the one no one bid on? And I, I, I like that a lot because I feel like I'm not very good at bidding games. I'm not good at reading people and guessing. I always overpay, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like getting a little bit of an in, like a little hint of what's going on helps me a bit more. Yeah, well, it's also very
0: interesting because, you know, most bidding games are you have $12 and right. a, in a lot of them, people, if they're paying attention or if it's open, they'll be like, well, I know he has $12. So if I bid 13, I win. Uh, whereas in this, you always, your your currency is drawn out of a bag and you'll see so you, on average turn, you'll probably have between three and six, I guess, points, so to speak of currency to spend. But it's not guaranteed, so there's a lot more uncertainty involved that I think is pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, I don't know what this original version of this game was like. Like you said, it's they still have like some of these things are called soul flowers and energy flowers, and I'm like, what is the theme of this? I don't, I don't understand what we're doing. But I mean, it's an abstract game. It, like you don't really need a theme for it. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's interesting. Uh, there's um, you know the the puzzle of trying to decide when and how you should close off the paths do you make a smaller path to get points that you can guarantee or do you try to go for a bigger one but then other players have the chance to kind of piggyback off of that or even compete with you to control that path and there's a few special tiles that like have special little rules most of them are just it goes straight or it curves pretty much but it's interesting it's a it's I kind of wish it were a little more for a game about flowers. Like most of what you're looking at is just black and white, <laughs> which I guess is, well,
1: that was the original one. I remember that was only black and white. I don't remember mm. any color. Like they added that. Mm. So, so I think yeah, that's I more of a callback to the original thing. I, I just, I have enjoyed this one and I definitely want to play it more in this one. We did two player first two and it did a really good job having a, the two player variant is a third person is simulated. And it's interesting how they bring it in. I think it works relatively well. We'll have to see when I actually try with three people. Right. And see if that's like, oh, it's the same thing or it's completely different. And of course, different strategies and bidding because not only do you see how people bid, but the tile with the least bidding goes first too. So even if there's a really desirable tile, it can lose its desirability because everyone bids on it. It'll be last placed.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, I I found it really hard in this game to predict uh, like what I wanted. I felt like at a certain point, I kind of just said, I'm just going to bid on stuff and then figure out what I'm going to do because there's just so many possible variables that I, and I'm bad at predicting those things that I was like, I could sit here all day and figure out, oh, that's probably going to be the first one to go. And then I'll just be wrong. And I just wasted everyone's time.
1: I can see some (laughs) of the things, but it obviously depends. It really depends on the board state. Like it's usually... I see you have a really strong path, and I don't have a lot there. I'm like, I want to at least keep it open so I can get some stuff on there. So, if there's only one tile you could close it off with, I'm going to bid heavy on it, even if I don't win because mm. you'll take it, or I'll make it so it's last place. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, that's Umbravaya. Stay tuned also for that one. Let's see. If we're going to put a review together for it. Umbravaya from Pandasaurus. And before that was King of 12 from Lucky Duck Games. And then finally, we're going to talk about a role-playing game that we played called Everyone is John. Now, this is an a kind of an older RPG, but there was a recent edition of it that I backed on Kickstarter, and we actually played this one alongside some of our patrons on Patreon. That's right, folks. Patreon.com slash roll for crit If you uh, back at the Holy Roller tier... We're going to we're starting these uh, special live events every month. And this was uh, the first one we tried and we played this RPG with some of our patrons. The premise is just like the title says, there is one character named John. Everyone plays that character, but you are a different personality of him. Uh, So at the start of the game, everyone determines a couple of skills they have. Could be anything, combat, driving, uh, negotiation, whatever you running away. Running away was was one of yours. Um, And you also have obsessions. You have different obsessions that you're trying to complete because this is a competitive game, and whoever has completed the most of their obsessions at the end is the winner. There are also going to be... Only one person is in control of John at a time. Throughout the game, players will be bidding to take control with these willpower chips that they have. And whoever bids the most gets to take control until something happens. Inevitably there's a few different uh, triggers that will turn into someone new coming in to take control. And it's, it's a, it's a weird wacky game experience. They have all kinds of different, you know, scenarios pre-written for you in the version that I have. I came up with kind of a simple one where John is getting abducted by aliens and there's an alien invasion and uh, uh, insanity and fun ensued. And I, I really, really like this game for a few reasons that I feel like it's very simple. All the, all the checks in this game are just a D six. So you need a six to succeed on something, or if your skill applies to it, you need a three or higher. And you can also spend your willpower if you want to make your die roll better. And that's it. You just, you have a D six, you're good to go. I like that. I like RPGs that make that so, so easy. And I think the biggest thing that I liked about this, uh, you know, one of my struggles sometimes, and especially for like newer GMs, I think this is hard to figure out. Is when playing a role-playing game, knowing when to shine the spotlight on certain players, and you kind of just, at a certain point, I think there's not really a hard science to it. You got to, like, go with your gut and say, oh, this player hasn't done anything for a while, or seems like they're not engaged, they want to, maybe they have something they want to do, I should try to focus on them for a session and this game does that all for you it's totally built in so every player gets their time in the spotlight they get to make the character do something or at least attempt it and then but within like i mean in our game it was like every two minutes sometimes <laughs> switches <laughs> right over to someone else and the game session will last like maybe in between one and two hours pretty quick i thought it was a lot of fun and i think there's a lot of potential for just Goofy, silly stories with this one. Jeff,
1: it's always this idea of like the inside out, you know, multiple personalities in one person. (laughs) You you
0: referenced Inside Out last night, the other when we played it too. And I feel like it's, I feel like the emotions aren't the same as multiple personalities.
1: I mean, they're not competitive, (laughs) so to speak. So it's still the idea of like you're not a party of adventurers with your own agendas. Yeah. Like it's just funny to imagine just. It's uh, it's like, uh, I guess here's another example, the uh, Twitch plays Pokemon kind of thing. And just how weird <laughs> does like you move around and just you all of a sudden just turn left instead of right now because someone else is has the steering wheel, so to speak.
0: Right, right. I mean, I mean, Split was what I went to the movie Split or any. I mean, there's, there's tons of stories with multiple personality out there. Um, and well, and so I was the GM. You were the player. What did you think of it as the player?
1: After seeing other people's obsessions at the end, I'm like, man, I should have been less specific with a couple of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, The, the, one of the first, the first one, you have three obsessions. Your first one should be very easy. And I came up with, because the theme was Jonathan put us in a, we're getting abducted by aliens. So my, I built my whole personality be a total nerd, Lee, you know, while you were at school studying, I studied the art of the blade kind of thing. So, I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> that, yeah, that, although that was absolutely what I was going for. So if mine was to say a sci-fi quote whenever I did an attack. I wish I just said whenever I said a sci-fi quote, because other people were saying them while well, not attacking, but like piloting or doing mm. something else. I was like, oh, that would have been great.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: By yeah. the way, I want to point out right now, uh, you might know a w- weird cut con- in the connection because it turns out that one I rolled was very accurate because <laughs> We had some hiccups.
0: <laughs> we we lost connection, but we're back now. Somewhat, another personality took over the body of John. I think ah, that's a funny. That's like a relevant little tie-in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Other people like one person's obsession was pressing buttons, which you can imagine if you're on an alien ship. That's going to happen quite a lot. And it's interesting because kind of part of the game is, I guess, trying to figure out people's obsessions, and then if you think you know one, because it is an it's announced when an obsession has been completed, but not whose it was or what it was. So you can could be like, ah, I don't want to do that anymore because that other personality is going to get points. I want to do the thing I want to do. It kind of you know what it reminds me. You're saying uh like Twitch plays Pokemon. I mean, this is a very different thing, but. Like that video game Octodad <laughs> where, <laughs> or like Surgeon Simulator, you know, the video games where the controls are intentionally bizarre and cumbersome. It's like that, it has the potential for, I think, that kind of wacky nature where you just don't know what's going on. And one player is trying to do one thing, the other player does another thing. Very silly, very goofy. And it could be anything you want, there's very little prep required on the GM's part. I could see like you could if you have uh, some D6s and some coins, you could play this anywhere like uh, on a whim without any setup. You don't you don't really even need a book. I mean, it's nice to read the rules and have their prompts they suggest and stuff. But it's very easy, very quick. I, I definitely want to play to play it more with other people and and maybe as a maybe as a John myself
1: and more drinks.
0: Yeah, more drinks. Yeah. Drinking could always be good. So that's everything. That's everybody. I'm sorry. Everyone is John is that RPG. And that's all the stuff we've been talking about on the table. Now I'm very excited because it is time once again to play a board game game. So I, I breeze, you are the designer of a robot themed game. And I know you are a fan of robots in all types of media. Is that would that be correct false. to say? Absolutely false.
2: Hate,
1: <laughs> Hate robots. <laughs> Damn it! Is, is this another game that's just going to show how much how little I know about things? I say are my hobby.
0: <laughs> um, no, hopefully not. But you as well, Will. You of course are also a big fan of robots. I know that, you like them. That is true. So uh, today's board game game. Is called Robot Recollection. Mm-hmm. If you like that, um, Robo Recall was taken. That's the name of the yeah. game. So I had to be, you know, copyright <laughs> reasons. Robot Recollection. Here is here's what's going to happen. You you two, who I considered, I consider you as both as robot experts. You are going to be competing with each other. I am going to say the name of a robot. Okay if you th- this robot will either be from a board game, a tabletop game of some kind or it will be from something else, a different some other medium could be a movie, TV show, anything, but not a tabletop game. Unless there's a tabletop game based on said media, I'm not counting that. <laughs> so, you will be tasked with deciding is this robot from tabletop game or something else i will say the name of a robot and this is a named robot so it shouldn't be it won't be like a species of robot it will be like a specific robot and if you think you know which one it's from you can um buzz in somehow or just shout it out i don't know maybe what you can just say buzz buzz or something (laughs) i'll call on you and uh we
1: can raise our hand
0: (laughs) yes you could raise your hand in the zencaster program that's true um you could do that whatever you like and you'll try to make your guess. If you're right, you get a point. And if you want, you can get a bonus point if you think you know what specific property this robot is from. Any questions? Does this sound, are, are we ready for this it challenge? Seems legit.
1: No, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're very ready. All right, so I've got a whole bunch of robot names. This is going to be good. Uh, get your buzzers ready. Here we go. First up. Ed two oh nine, uh,
2: Buzz Buzz. That's the that's yeah, okay. the robot yeah. that reattached Darth Vader's buttocks in the expanded universe narvel
0: <laughs> <laughs> So so your first guess is um, that it's not from a tabletop true. game. Okay, I am giving you a point for that. <laughs> However, that is not <laughs> the source of said robot. Uh I
1: believe that that you sound fully confident to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Will you got any you got a guess for where it might be from?
1: Uh I'm gonna go with Star Trek.
0: Okay. Well just we'll just if you know where it's from, I guess we won't there won't be no more guessing for that or we'll be here forever. Uh no, ED209, perhaps it's said ed 209, I don't remember. That's uh Robocop. That's RoboCop's oh. designation. Oh. Yeah, I thought th- I thought that was one of the gimmies. So, good luck with the rest. Have of you have you
1: met me? I don't do well with trivia and time things like this.
0: All right, it's okay.
1: You could say a Transformer and I'll still be like, uh, I have no idea who you're talking about. All right, let's
0: let's, let's keep going. I think I think it's going to get better for me. Remember, you got a 50/50 shot if you if you if nobody really has any idea. I will ne- find the
1: third answer. That's Next right. up,
0: <laughs> Incarnadine. Incarnadine. That's
1: I'm going to say board game.
0: You are correct. It's from a board game. Do you know which one?
1: No, I just heard card.
0: <laughs> mm, it, it's incarnadine. Uh, well, <laughs> so, so your instinct was misguided, <laughs> but it worked out for you. Uh, incarnadine is a robot from the game Warhammer 40K. Oh. So how about Never that? Never heard of All it. All right. This is, this is going <laughs> great so far. Next up. <laughs> Next up, I love this game. Fender Pinwheeler. Fender Pinwheeler.
1: Uh, I don't care. It's 50-50. It's...
0: Yeah. Go I'm going to
1: say not board game because that sounds like a name of something from Futurama. Uh,
0: it is. You are correct. It is not a board game. Is Futurama your guess?
1: Yeah, that's my guess.
0: No, I'm afraid that is the name of the title, the lead character. Well, I don't know. Was he the lead? Probably. The Robin Williams voiced character from the movie Robots from 2009. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys remember that one?
2: Rest in rest peace, yeah, Blue Sky Studios.
0: <laughs> oh, not Robin Williams. Oh, that no. too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. I I'm thought sorry, you were I'm sorry, Robin. <laughs> no, we love Robin Williams here too. All right. Next robot. Floyd two X three A seven C.
2: That's Buzz, not from a we... board game. That is from, I think. I actually was just thinking of Lloyd in space. No one remembers Lloyd in space though. Uh... <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> it's on. It's on Saturday morning. You know, back to back with like pepper Ann and Buzz Lightyear's
0: cartoon. Anyway, so oh, <laughs> right. so I was big on those. Uh. What? Where is it from? Mm, well, I'm afraid you're wrong. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Floyd Two X Three A Seven C is from a tabletop game. Uh, that's a detective android from Android Netrunner. Oh, oh. I thought maybe I thought Will might have might have got in on that
1: one. I don't remember that's all right. the names of that's those all cards.
0: Right. Some of these, no, these, is, these are these are randomly in order. Some of these are easier. Some are harder. So don't be discouraged. Right now, Will is up by one point. All right, next up, Twonky. <laughs> Sorry, what? Twonky, that's my name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, clock sticking. Uh, I'm gonna say that that's from a board game. I'm gonna say that it's from Aeon Zen Legacy.
0: Great guess! You get a point. <laughs> it is from a board game. It is from Robo Rally. Ah, uh, you can you can control Twonky as a as from Robo Rally. All right, next up, Mecha Dragon.
1: I'm pretty sure this is King of Tokyo. So, board game.
0: Two points for Will. <laughs> King of Tokyo. That is their uh, Mecha Godzilla takeoff. Mecha Dragon. All right, mm-hmm. next up, get your. Please just be ready on the buzzers with this yep. one. Big O. I know this. It's
2: from. Oh, it's a God. board game. It's a board game. It's from. It's from the campaign for North Africa. Final answer.
1: (laughs) I'm afraid I can't
0: award you points for that answer. uh,
1: I'm pretty sure that anime is literally titled. I don't know. I think you're joking. I'm pretty sure he knew. I'm pretty sure.
0: Um, uh, No points. No one gets any points for this one. That's that's just a wash. (laughs) Yeah, Big O is the robot from The Big O. All right. Uh, next up, Nova Hyperion. Oh, I actually know this one.
2: Uh, Sounds familiar. Hyperion, I think it's... What
0: the hell was I just looking at where I saw this name? Nova Hyperion. I believe in you guys.
1: God, I'm trying... Because I feel like it's... Then again, it could be because Nova is probably used in, like, 500, yeah, games. everywhere.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say it's from a board game. I'm gonna say it's from Clask. Clask is the game that Nova Hyperion
0: is from. No, Breeze, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is from a movie. Nova Hyperion is a Jaeger from Pacific Rim. No, it's not. Wait, which, <laughs> w- which country is that? I'm from? an expert <laughs> in Pacific
2: Rim
1: Who's lore. Ca- You're, this is crap. <laughs> this is. <laughs> Yeah, this is not, I don't read really, that. Uh, may or may not double?
0: be from Pacific Rim 2. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nova Hyperion, a Mark for South Korean Jaeger. That is from the novelization to, of, uh, now I know Pacific, that, I, this is from the novelization
2: of Pacific Rim 2. It's not canon. Uh, <laughs> Uh I know that
1: <laughs> <laughs> So I think Jonathan you lose Wait a, minute. a point because people a minute. called you out honestly. this is not really
0: from the novelization of Pacific Rim 2, is yeah, it? Yeah,
2: this
1: is like this is totally from <laughs> it's either from like the it's either yeah, there's not even an image. I cannot find an image on this guy.
2: Yeah, this is totally from uh All right, fine. Oh, this is from
1: Travis Beecham's Twitter Alright, fine. Account.
2: It's uh, okay, so it's canon because Travis Beecham knows what it is. <laughs> I consider
0: it canon.
2: It's uh
0: <laughs> yeah this is this is a this is a jaeger that the creator i thought the name around. at least would have sounded like a jaeger
2: only a little bit yeah no, this is for the, the
0: the origin is from twitter <laughs> uh <laughs> well, I'll let the the <laughs> listeners at home decide if that one counts or not. <laughs> Either, you know what? You can you can both have a point for that. How about that?
1: Perfect. You know, Jonathan, it, it's fine if we don't get any of them, but if you bring if you dare challenge Pacific Rim with us, we're going to get angry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um had a lot more prepared, but I think I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go through them all, <laughs> but we're going to do a few more. Uh, let's 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 go on a high note with some a few more. The <laughs> mechanical marquise.
1: Oh God! Um, now I, I'm going to just say board game for this one because I feel like I know this, and I'm going to get really angry regardless of if I'm right or wrong because I can't remember what it's. From.
0: You are right, by the way. I'll tell you if you're right before you make a guess. You are right. It's from a board game. Can you? Do you know where it's from? The Mechanical Marquise. God,
1: no, but it sounds so freaking familiar. Um, that's because, gonna, yes. Oh, just go for it.
0: <laughs> it's uh, This is the robot that represents the solo mode of Root, you, huh. the Marquise uh, de Cats. That's,
1: yes. I was going to go with Scythe. So,
0: mm. yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, I'm in the ballpark, I'd say.
0: <laughs> all right. How about this one? Sideswipe.
1: Oh, that's, a, that's a Transformer, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, there you go. Give me for you. Uh all right. Let's keep going Right now, uh, we'll give Breeze a chance to catch up here. Omnitron.
2: Omnitron. <laughs> Omnitron. Sounds like it's totally a board game. A um from- wait, unless it's a Transformer.
0: I will accept that as a buzz and say you get a point. It is from a yeah. board game.
1: Oh, I think I know what game it is.
0: Um
1: if I'm remembering correctly. I could be completely wrong, but
2: it is also a transformer, to be fair. <laughs> according, to, <laughs> according to Google, I have no idea what board game it's from.
1: <laughs> that would—I I don't want oh, the yeah. points. I just want to make the guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is it Sentinels of the Multiverse? That's oh, right. Yes, yeah, Omnitron.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, one of yep. the villains from Sentinels of the Multiverse. Let me tell you, it wasn't that easy finding non-licensed robots from just from board games? Uh, but I found them. Uh, how about how about this one? Splash woman. <laughs> now this is, is a bit that of a, a misdirect. Is that a DC hero? It's not a DC hero. Oh,
1: okay. Cause I know um, the wind guy, apparently there's previous robots of all the different elements. I'm like, that sounds like one name that they'd use. Splash
0: woman. <laughs> oh, for Man. As of right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the dull. only female Mega Man boss. Was oh, that the
1: mermaid one? <gasps> yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah, classic. Huh. Classic one there. Uh, <laughs> how about this one? How about The Puppet?
1: Oh, the board game. That's uh, Spec Ops.
0: Mm, close. Spectre Ops. Sorry. There you go. I always. <laughs> I got to say, Will is cleaning up right now. Right? I have to say, it's it's pretty. Not uh, good at trivia. To be
1: fair, half of, half, of them, <laughs> half of them are guesses. <laughs> and you give me a 50 50 shot.
0: All right, we're going to do two more. Here is, uh, here's a little bit of a, this is a tough one. Insaniac. Oh, I also know this
2: name. Um, It's not Captain Insano from Waterboy. Uh, It's Will, any guesses? (laughs)
1: Honestly, it sounds like it's from uh, that, that cartoon, old cartoon show, um, freakazoid some reason is what pops in my head yeah yeah
0: C- close kind of close well this one, I, oh. I, I think it's legit this is pretty <laughs> this is pretty good as i just <laughs> insaniac is one of the gorgonites as represented in the movie small soldiers <laughs>
1: oh man! technically
0: they count as robots they have chips no, in yeah, them. yeah that, that, little, that,
1: that's a that's a fair call
0: they're little they're little robots um uh how about this one esper 4000 oh oh i know this it's
2: from it's a board game it's from robot quest arena launching on kickstarter at the NMA. of <laughs> <That> is...
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course this is one of dozens of robots you'll find in aegis
1: available now
0: i hope right you yeah i was
1: wondering how you i'm like surely he's got to try to sneak one yeah exactly i right was yeah. waiting
2: for the aegis one uh yeah we have like 10 we have like 10 boxes left
0: please order them <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'd throw you on all right so uh yeah how about rx782 oh that's a gundam <laughs> that's another. yeah that's not i was fun. just wondering if you guys would know that's that not for, yeah. that's not from a
2: board game that's so that's a gundam
0: yeah. Anyway, that was robot recollection. <laughs> Yay. And uh Will is the winner with eleven points to Breeze's six.
2: Yeah, I got that many. What?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have thrown you one or two just as out of pity. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh that's the end of that. That brings us to our Meeple Gallery.
1: Meeple Gallery.
0: We're going to take a listen in from the Meeple Gallery who have written in with questions. This week, our question comes from, uh, and here it is. This week, our question comes from Dom2D, who says, thanks for the fun new podcast. You're welcome, Dom. Uh, what's the best fan-created addition to a game that you've seen? Some, something like a new mode, a custom character, or a campaign like the one I made for Marvel United, he says. And so on. A little bit of a plug for his Marvel United campaign. Have a great day, Dom2D. Dom, thank you for that question. Breeze, is there a fan-created addition to a board game that you have enjoyed? I'm racking my
2: brain right now. I think uh, I really like that Level99 int- implemented. Like, I think it's like the Wanderers expansion for BattleCon, where it's just all oh, fan-made right. content. Um. Which is officially published, so
0: technically no longer fan-made. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. There's also the uh, Cosmic Encounter did one of those. Mm.
1: I'd say that still counts because it's almost because it was so good. They're like, you know what? We'll make it official. We're not counting like when they have to do a contest. Yeah, yeah. I think like um, unmatched.
2: Oh, yeah. Where right. there was like the big pull of who gets in and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah just uh, also has some uh, fan-created characters, <laughs> and uh, they're all the good ones, coincidentally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Yeah. What about
1: you, Will? I know, uh, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I remember finding some really cool ones for Cthulhu Wars that I like some weird factions, and because I wanted to make one uh, for the Eldrazi from Magic the Gathering, but I, I never got to because I'm not good at bouncing things. I'd probably make them disgustingly <laughs> overpowered. But that wouldn't make sense with the card game.
0: Even better. I mean, why not? Just go for it. It's your fan made game. I mean, I think we got to mention stuff like the the Android. What is it? Project Nisei. Right.
1: Oh, and the Valkyrie system for Mansions of Madness.
0: Right. Where they're just. It's not even just one piece of content, but fans created like a whole system (laughs) to create new content for those games, which is pretty amazing. I don't know that I. I feel like I'm kind of. a purist like when i'm playing a game i'm usually like i want to play the stuff that's in the box that the designer made that's official and canon but i think the the fan made stuff that i've used the most is stuff like uh like uh like apps or websites like for marvel legendary we'll use like a randomizer app or for uh Marvel champions, <laughs> there's like, or any, any LCG, you know, they have like deck, right. Act. Or
1: even like they make dis- uh, dividers and stuff. That's always,
0: Oh yeah. Stuff like, yeah. Like actual physical, like non-gameplay components. Yeah. Like, like dividers or um,
1: rules aids, you know, you could find all kinds of those on board game geek. I, that just remind me because I think this is always a big thing. Like you mentioned Netrunner, you'll see a huge outpouring when it dies. Because like people still want to play the game, so all of a sudden all these people start creating new ones. Like for the Transformers card game, it's still being played and stuff. And some guy made a Unicron boss, like that was designed for to go against multiple players and stuff. That was crazy. Yeah, no,
2: that game was that so. game was cut off way before its time, so it's not really. Yeah, it's not surprising that uh, that mm-hmm. they people continued making stuff for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, r- 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 R.I.P. to that game as well. <laughs> right. And don't worry,
1: they're they're going to be reprinted now in Magic cards. Now that they're willing to go to any universe. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, alongside uh, Gandalf and Warhammer. Yeah, one hundred
2: percent. I mean, you'll you'll see Transformers Magic cards within the next three years easily. Um, they, they, they didn't do that already. Oh, they have Grim. There's technically two. Yeah, Grimlock
1: there is, is one. A joke Grimlock that was part of a promo set. And then there's an Optimus Prime who's technically part of the – at the end of the year, they print <laughs> one copy of a card to give to, like, employees who did really well. And one of them was Optimus Prime that oh. has, like, a whole crazy flip system.
0: Huh. But, That's cool. Should have been working there. Maybe next maybe I, I next don't
1: day. think uh, they would accept my uh, resume.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll keep trying. Same. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Dom. And if you listening want to send us an email, please do it. Please write us a question. We'll answer it on the show. Uh, for that email address, you can use meeplegallery at gmail.com. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you. Thank you, Breeze, for, for joining us on this on our our quest today. <laughs>
1: On our it, first Critical Miss podcast, that's
0: right. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I do like is we've rolled a different number each time so far. Let's see how many episodes before we do a repeat. Anyway, please uh, plug. It's time for you to plug. If people want to find more of you, play your games, follow you online, where can they do it?
2: Uh, you can find us. You can find all of everything Aegis uh, if you use uh, Google. Uh, we, we have a, we have a, we have a link tree, so it's like link. Uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Aegis Robots. We'll have links to everything. You can play our game online on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, It's all nice and scripted and super clean and cool. And then uh, we have a very small handful of copies of the first edition left. And then we'll hopefully be doing a Kickstarter soon um, where we'll reprint the first box. Uh, Minimal changes. I wouldn't worry about buying a first edition box. Uh, And then... The second, uh, we're working. We've been working on a whole second box for like two years now, and it's uh it's in a really good spot. So, our next Kickstarter will have two fat boxes of robots for you, all completely standalone, all completely cross compatible. Ooh, and uh, the second box has a really cool, nice art because the first game made money, so we used the money to make the second box shinier. Um, and so yeah, t- t- take a take a. Take a look out uh, for that, and uh, also Robot Quest Arena. <laughs> um, Get more robots in your board game collection. Yeah, honestly, there's only like five robot games, so yeah, just like fill it out, man.
0: Yeah, look at all look at all the great robots that I I mentioned, and add those <laughs> to the collection. Maybe if you're if you're if you're hurting for more, uh, like for example, I didn't even talk about Phaser. Who is a card from Clank in Space? I mean, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh we'll have uh information also for that stuff in the show notes you can check out. So definitely go look at it. That's A-E-G-I-S in case anyone yep. isn't familiar. You they want to Google it.
2: Aegis Combining Robots right. will bring it up.
0: That's our official uh,
2: branding, G- Aegis Combining Robots. But, and yeah, I know, yeah.
0: and I know you are always like in the works on various other uh, prototypes and other stuff <laughs> like that. So I'm 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 waiting for I'm waiting for those. Right, with, with baited bated We should
2: uh yeah. we should play some. I have some on tabletop simulator. It'll be great. Yeah, let's do that. I'm down
1: for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, if you want more roll for crit, I know you do. You can go to rollforcrit.com. You'll find links to our YouTube content, our live streams. We're playing all kinds of video games on there. We sell merch. We got all kinds of stuff. And um, we also. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon, that would help us out. We do a bonus episode every week. This week, I believe we are going to be discussing the new film Mortal Kombat <laughs> on that episode. So if you want to hear our take on that movie. You're
1: going to yeah, have to get over here.
0: There's only, there's one, <laughs> there you, you did it. That's that's the place to go. Uh, so and Or if you just want to just help us out for free, also it'd be good if you left a review and rated us on iTunes. Something like that, that, that also helps, so. Thank you for listening, though. That's the end of this episode. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks again, Breeze, for enduring the robot game, and <laughs> hanging out with us anytime, guys. And yeah, we we did another one. Well, good job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and only minimal problems from a one. That's right. So um, my name is Jonathan. I am Will. And I'm Breeze. And this is yeah. And this has been <laughs> World for crit. Bye.